0: Hey Keith did you hear the news Star Wars celebration is coming to Chicago in 2019
1: yeah I couldn't be more excited I mean you know we're gonna see so many uh, actors and actresses it's gonna be great plus I'm thinking I'm maybe I can make a little bit of extra money and put my apartment on Airbnb for the weekend
0: Oh, that's a great idea. Like for all my friends from out of town who are going to be coming to Chicago for the first time, don't listen to the stuff you hear on the media. You know, all that bad, all those bad things they say about us here in Chicago. Our city is perfectly safe when you go out after dark.
1: Well, as long as you stay away from River North on a Friday night. Yeah, you have a point. I mean,
0: You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into.
1: I say, let them crash. Geek Cattergeek with Keith Conrad and Elliot Serrato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room.
0: Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like outer limits confuse the twilight zone with the outer limits do you even know me
1: Geek Counter Geek number 120. I am Keith Conrad. Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. Joined, as always, by Elliot Serrano, at Elliot Serrano on Twitter. Follow the show at Geek Counter Geek, Facebook.com slash Geek Counter Geek. Send us an email if you want, uh, geekcountergeek at gmail.com. Plus, uh, you can uh, always leave us a a, a, a little uh, review and a rating on iTunes. Help more people find the show, because, uh, you know, that would be nice if more people found the show. And, uh, you know, I... um, I I have never been to a Star Wars celebration, Elliot, but I believe you have.
0: I went to the very first Star Wars celebration that took place in Denver, Colorado, way back in 1999. Or was it 98, late 98, early 99? It was one of those. And then I went to the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim uh, two years ago, it was two or three years ago, uh, when they announced when they showed the first trailer to the Force awakens and um, and I, and as much as I love Star Wars <laughs> um, and it has nothing to do with the convention itself um, th- that, those weekends were two of the most miserable weekends of my life. <laughs> <laughs> most miserable weekends of my life uh, there, a lot of other uh, was other stuff going on the convention itself is always a lot of fun the reason I love Star Wars Celebration so much, obviously, is because of the focus on Star Wars and they have so much talent that comes in um, from Lucasfilm and from, you know, the, the different Star Wars um, wings, you know, whether it's the gaming folks, the animated series folks, you know, the movie people, the TV people. And, um, you know, you get to see a lot of, you know, really you get to see Lucasfilm put on a show. Mind you, it's. um. Um, by uh, Reed pop Reed pop is a company that runs star wars celebration those are the same folks that do c2e2 the chicago comic and entertainment expo have they Which always done uh, star show?
1: wars celebration or is that uh, something yeah. new for this one
0: no that was that was them they've always been doing star Wars celebration and oh no i take that back they took over star Wars celebration um a few years back um and then um you know um they've tried to kind of like um really um streamline it professionalize it you know the the convention itself has gotten huge you know much bigger than when it was in the very beginning like i remember in the very first star wars celebration it took place at the aerospace museum in denver and um you had all the vendors inside the museum proper itself and they set up all these giant tents outside on the property where all the quote unquote conventiony stuff happened you know the shows the the exhibits not the exhibits the um, the the star appearances the panels and stuff like that um and it, it's you know it was something it's come a long way i i will say that it's come a long way
1: well there's a lot more stuff to talk about these days you know i i guess you know 98 99 um you know obviously the the prequels would have been getting ready to come out so there was new material then but uh, certainly not to the extent that there is today
0: oh absolutely and i remember um the um first trailer had just debuted and um they were showing a little more footage at the star wars celebration they, they did um a cool uh, music video using footage and a duel of the fates from the um, the soundtrack and uh, yeah everyone was really psyched for uh, The Phantom Menace it was going to be the first Star Wars uh, we'd had in over 20 years so um, it, it almost 20 years and it was you know it was something it was really really something and I, I don't know if the the hype or whatever has kind of like changed over time i know um because you didn't have uh, so much social media back then you had the internet but you didn't have social media
1: oh yeah everybody, then, was, using, uh, everybody was using uh everybody was using irc back then
0: right and you know and um um, um uh bu- um, ah, geez uh bu- bulletin boards um
1: i don't think and, live journal know. was even a thing then
0: not yet but you had those AOL chat rooms oh yeah but uh, and, and but fandom really has changed and I think that you that's why you see so much like the convention experience itself has also changed um, they, they, they even go so far now to live stream a lot of stuff at conventions online so that the people who couldn't make it to the convention you know get a chance to see it because I'm going to guarantee you this Star Wars celebration is gonna sell out it sells out every year every time they put on one of these conventions it's sells out, um, you always hear, hear people poo-pooing it, they go oh it's gone too far, the desert, What did no it sells out every year and considering too the McCormick Center, it's going to be in McCormick Center which is a huge venue, you know they can really fill up and occupy that space, although I'm wondering what else is happening that uh, at, Conveg, at the McCormick uh, at that time because I know every time C2E2 is there, there's some other trade show going on. I want to say it was like refrigerator
1: units last year. You
0: know. <laughs> kitchen and ref- kitchen people, you know, there was a, a kitchenware convention.
1: <laughs> Which, by the way, if you were, if you had some sort of like refrigerator convention uh, going on uh, at the same time as C two E two, I would hope that everybody that uh, that cosplayed as Indiana Jones decided to stop by the refrigerator convention
0: yeah the problem is the refrigerators would be getting tossed left and right that way <laughs> so i don't know if they want that <laughs> so so yeah that'll be and, and and um i think uh star wars celebration and c2e2 kind of like are bumping together i'm not overlapping i remember they i can't remember off the off hand the dates for c2e2 which they've already announced they announced the dates you know before the end of the show um but um mm-hmm. i want to say that again well I, I remember when i went to anaheim I went to star wars celebration one weekend the very the following weekend was c2e2 here in chicago and i was covering both for red eye and i remember i was almost dead by the end of it
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you know usually uh, dragon con is the weekend after that so if you really wanted to die you could have just uh, gone on to atlanta after that <laughs>
0: Yeah, just just ship my corpse over there and <laughs> prop prop me up in the corner at some you know cosplay uh, panel, <laughs> you know how to make a more a, a more convincing Gandalf the Grey costume, something like that. Um, but yeah, but we'll we'll see. Uh, 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 this is a it's pretty cool to see so much going on in Chicago
1: right now. It is, yeah, and uh, you know uh, April is uh, is not quite the best month to be in chicago but it's certainly better than march
0: well yeah th- this is true this past spring has been kind of nutty too we've already learned this year um i mean wow look at uh when did the the baseball season start
1: uh, right at um, the right at the end of march beginning of april
0: Right, beginning of April, and the Cubs were playing. At one point, didn't it snow on them, or it was like really, really cold one day?
1: No, uh, opening day was uh, totally snowed out.
0: Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, yeah,
1: so when you come to Chicago, it'll be the middle of
0: April. I want to say it's uh, the second weekend of April, and no, it's not necessarily going to be wonderful springtime weather. You know, bring a sweater. You know, but, but Chicago, even Chicago on the tail end of winter going into spring is really a cool city. I wonder if did, will, the, will Maggie Daly, will the, the, the ice skating ring at Maggie Daly Park be shut down by
1: then? I, I think I, it will, because I know uh, I don't know when specifically they did that. But I know that uh, the ice skating at Wrigley Field shut down on like March 1st. But that may have had something to do with the fact that, you know, they had to get ready to play actual baseball there
0: right play baseball yeah. but uh, there's so much again for folks from out of town there's so much that the city offers and, the, and the, the reason i love c2e2 is because if it's at the mccormick center and the mccormick center is it's on the lakefront of chicago that it's an it's a it's a convention that actually takes place in chicago as opposed to let's say wizard world which is out in rosemont don't get me wrong rosemont's a nice area to have a convention but there are so so many things in near the mccormick center to take advantage of uh when you come to town um you know of course the food you know millennium park you gotta check that out um the our museums oh man can you imagine if we were having a lucas museum at that point
1: oh don't oh. Oh, don't don't, uh, don't break our hearts like that yeah i know oh that that would have been that would have been around, about right because it probably would have opened about uh about that time
0: Exactly. So and you're I'm wondering if they had they were planning it like all that time they were saying, Okay, you know, you know they plan these things like years in advance. Yeah. So because um, you have to. You can't just decide, okay, next year we're going to go to this city. No, there's so much months that's going to go on. And chances are they probably thought the Lucas Museum was going to be breaking ground by that point, which, unfortunately, it wasn't.
1: Oh, um, it, it's it's broken ground by that by that point, no, just not know, in Chicago. Not,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: So, um, you know, um, that's why I think, you know, with Star Wars celebrations it's going to be a lot of fun because, yeah, it's going to be – in the city of chicago and there's gonna be a lot of stuff that people will be able to enjoy um and i am crossing my fingers that uh they bring that life-size millennium falcon that they used for uh the solo premiere the solo red carpet premiere uh, last weekend i'm hoping they bring that one to chicago because oh my god that looked like so much fun
1: it really did uh so i uh I, I hate to delve into this uh, but uh, Elliot there was a controversy on the internet when and, is there not and, and, and I'm not actually talking about uh, Yanni versus Laurel uh, but uh, i I kept seeing something about uh, comics gate and you're you're my uh you're my pop culture gate guy so i uh, I, I was hoping maybe you could shed, shed some light on this
0: <laughs> you know comics gate okay Comic Skate is essentially this. A bunch of angry nerds on the internet who are, are essentially playing the gatekeeper when it comes to the industry and the culture of, of comics. And they're pretty much harassing anybody who they don't like, um, whether they be um, people of color, women, um, LBGTQIA, anyone who they feel doesn't represent, you know, what they think is the quote unquote You know traditional uh, uh, comics medium which is also a a, you know okay
1: well first of all I I should say that no matter what the topic is uh, or no matter what your area of interest is if you think that you're a gatekeeper you're just a douchebag Pretty much, pretty much,
0: and, and and the thing about Comicsgate is that um, I'll give a very brief history lesson here. Uh, Comicsgate has its roots in in a, a social media movement called. Uh, Gamergate. And this happened uh, a couple years ago when a similar uh, bunch of guys in, in the middle of it were um, some really unsavory characters, who I'm not going to name. All, all I will say is that if you want to know what happened with Gamergate, how it started, just Google Gamergate, and some folks have written some very comprehensive and well researched articles on Gamergate. I remember when the whole Gamergate issue got started, I would get into these. Back and forth with some of these guys on on social media because they were complaining that there was all this corruption in gaming uh, journalism that certain people were getting favorable reviews, certain people were making it in the industry without really paying their dues. They were talentless, of course. These people were always women. These people were always, you know, women who were doing something other than shoot them up, fire them up, you know, um, 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 video games. Also, or women who were criticizing the medium or criticizing whether it be video games or anywhere where women might be exploited or you know used as um, um, sex objects or just pretty much not necessarily portrayed in in the best light. So you have these types who get angry and say that these women were ruining. They were feminazis. They were ruining video games. And 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 it's one thing if you're going to just throw a tantrum on the internet. And and say you're wrong, you're stupid, and such. You know, I mean, what, what do they say? First Amendment, free speech. You can call me stupid. I already know I'm stupid. Okay, you're not hurting me that way. <laughs> you know. And also, when I have trolls, sometimes from time to time, trolls will try to flame me and try to insult me. I'm like, I did for 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 for, few, for three years. I did a show on on YouTube with one of the one of the most, the wittiest, most, you know, the wittiest guys I'd ever known, but could also be mean, and he could insult me. That would cut me to my core. So when Jose Melendez took a shot at you, you took a you took a step back. Sometimes you almost took a knee. So <laughs> ain't nobody, ain't so, nobody ever gonna insult me like he did. And, and, and not mind you. He was my friend. So he pretty much inoculated me to that kind of stuff.
1: Now, now mind you, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, enough of a mover and shaker that uh, any trolls have really ever taken a shot at me. But I think uh, at this point, both of us have probably been through enough of it in our lives that uh, if you want to take a shot at either of us you're going to need some kryptonite.
0: You definitely need some kryptonite. So, but then so if you're going to do that that's one thing. If you're going to insult people online, oh, boo hoo, hurt my feelings. Oh, I feel so bad, blah blah blah. But the gamergate guys and subsequently these gate guys have gone a step further than that. And it's not the just just yell, you know, insulting people online or having these straw man arguments or you know, ad hominem attacks and so on. They are harassing people. They are doxing people. They are making death threats. Um, that's one of the most vile things that would happen with uh, with Gamergate. Was uh, a lot of these women who were speaking out um, against the Gamergaters. They were getting death threats and rape threats. Mm-hmm. Um, well one one woman even was getting threatened that uh, that um, um, she had her information put out that uh, that also that uh, they they said where her kids went to school so you know that's really crossing a line you know when you start to, you know and the problem is with a lot of these guys they think oh, uh, I'm just I'm just saying words I'm just saying things I'm not, nothing's really gonna happen from it you know which is you um, uh, ridiculous especially in this age where we find out that um, mass shooters are making pronouncements of what they're going to do before they actually go into a school right or, yeah. or business and shoot it up right you can't just ignore that you know, um, you know I'm sure like you know you work in radio I'm, I'm, I'm in radio when you see that text line come in and someone who's really angry about something decides to make a death threat or something you can't just ignore it right
1: yeah i mean you i i won't uh, i won't get into the story because it, it happened uh, happened a while ago but um you know in in my job as a radio producer i actually did get death threats for a, a parody song we did once uh, on the show i worked on in milwaukee and as much as i laugh it off that's that's not fun especially when you know people can find out where you live and everything
0: Exactly, and not only that, but all it takes is for one person to say, make a joke about it, you know, quote unquote joke about it, and maybe they're not going to do anything about it, but someone else who's a little less, let's say, stable, sees it, hears it, and decides that they do want to follow through on, on, on something like that. I mean, let's face it, radio personalities have been shot and killed for things that they've said on the air. Right, you know, so you can't you can't just dismiss those things. So when you have social media, where you have again these guys who just can't seem to make a a a rational point, and they get so angry they resort to to uh, uh, threats of violence. That's where you lose. That's pretty much where you lose the argument, regardless of what kind of point you might make
1: i would agree and uh whether you're uh, actually the subject of death threats or just want to tune everybody out uh, you know a great way to do that is with uh, headphones and accessories from tweaked audio
0: <laughs> all right we're putting that one in, in the
1: the segway the hall of fame
0: segway segway hall of fame right because only you can segue from death threats to tweaked audios, different features and colors. <laughs> like, um, um, you have earbuds, you have wired um, wired headphones, wireless headphones, you have sport buds, you have DJ-style headcans. all of them for different prices, different price points, different features, whatever you want to do, whether you want to listen to um, music on your MP3 player, answer telephone calls, on your phone uh, do co-op gaming tweaked audio has the accessories for you and if you enter the code gcg at checkout you will get 33 off your your purchase price and free worldwide shipping
1: and of course, uh, after you get your, uh, your headphones delivered to anywhere in the world for uh, 33% off, you'll want to check out some of the other uh, podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including uh, Minutia Men, uh, The Pressman Hour, The Game Show Show, uh, Dishing Bitches, and uh, there's a new uh, uh, podcast from uh, Rick Kempfer on soccer called uh, Free Kicks, which is uh, pretty interesting. And of course, there's uh, Caffeinated Comics as well.
0: Caffeinated Comics, where um, I have promised uh, John Clark that I was going to be on Caffeinated Comics to review Deadpool with him, but I'm not going to get to see Deadpool for a bit, so I've, I'm already breaking a promise to him. So, But hey, he should be happy. He's been
1: on our podcast. That's true, so I, I don't know what he could possibly have to complain about. Uh, <laughs> Plenty. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, you know, you may not see Deadpool for a while, but you did see Solo.
0: Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes, um, there were there are two um screenings of solo going on for press in Chicago there was the screening I saw this past Monday Monday from the time of the recording of this podcast and also the next uh, press screening that will be taking place the Monday before solo actually premieres so I wanted to catch the earlier one because I knew everyone was gonna be talking about it and reviewing it I didn't want to get spoiled and um, there have been a lot of um, reviews out there people have been fairly good about not spoiling things so I don't want to spoil it either Um, I will say this one um, the movie is pretty even across the board um the, the only reason i find that remarkable is because uh the original directors were fired like with two weeks or whatever left in production and ron howard was brought on board um to pretty much finish the movie so but, but i think the they, i think
1: or- they said that he filmed uh a- Basically 70% of the finished product. So, you know, a lot of it, you know, had to have been going back to square one
0: I would guess yeah because there's all it, it did You know again, it felt very much like a Ron Howard film There's one scene like in the very beginning in the very beginning where it didn't feel much like a Ron Howard movie to be honest, but the rest was all you know, um, again very professional, very workmanlike the movie itself, it, it's fun um, does it does it like break a tremendous new ground or do anything incredibly new uh, with Star Wars, not really special effects are great, but of course you can expect that from uh, Lucasfilm, from um, um, Industrial Light and Magic mm-hmm. um, the act is pretty good uh alden emmerich that was his name i I never, I never i'm never sure how to pronounce i, his I name.
1: i've heard about uh, 72 different uh, pronunciations 72 of that. Different. yeah
0: um he's pretty good as han solo uh you know the the, the, the the concern was that he didn't really look like a young Harrison Ford. He didn't really sound like a young Harrison Ford. And I'm like, well, let's be honest. Um, he he sounded like Harrison Ford before, like the 30 packs of cigarettes that he's going to have <laughs> by, the we, by the time we meet him in A New Hope, right? You know. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, they, they certainly released some uh, released some scenes where. You know, I, I definitely bought him as uh, as a young version of, of Han Solo, like to, to the point where it wasn't going to be it wasn't going um, to take me out of the story at all. You know, I, right? Yeah,
0: right. Because I mean, uh, I I remember I was critical a bit because I was like, eh, he I'm not really buying him as Han Solo, and then I I, I kind of like caught myself. I was like, well, I've got to, I do have to. Be honest, in that I did accept Sean Patrick Flannery as Young Indiana Jones. And he's <laughs> nothing like Harrison Ford.
1: That, that's oh. true. Yeah, if if they if they ha- if they cast him as uh, as Han Solo, you know, at that point, I think you would have been like, "What were they nuts?"
0: What? Yeah. And um, and of course, River Phoenix as a young Indy in uh, Last Crusade. So, um, uh,
1: by, by the way, uh, Rivergate was was the first of those uh, big controversies, you know, because people were all upset about uh, River Phoenix being young Indiana Jones.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But there were no death threats.
1: That's there. true. Yeah. I uh, agree.
0: So, <laughs> and then um, the story in itself, it has um, it fills in a you know Han Solo's back backstory. You you meet him as a young you know street rat. I call him street rat. That's what they call you know Aladdin in um in, in Aladdin um, on Corellia, and he's just kind of you know scraping and fighting to to survive, so to speak. You know you know really a lot of real. Cliche stuff. I mean, I'm. I'm going to tell you, there is. Is there a lot of really new ground broken with this particular character? Not really. If anything, if you're familiar with a lot of the, the comics and bat, you know the novels that have been written about Han Solo, kind of filling in his background, they essentially cherry pick all these things from existing uh, stories and just mold it together into a movie. Um, although uh, the Kazdin. Uh, Lawrence and Jonathan that's uh, Lawrence Kazin who wrote he co-wrote The Force Awakens with J.J. Abrams as well as, uh, The Empire Strikes Back. He was a, a credited for the screenplay for Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of little puts a little bits in there about the Han Solo character, and even there's even one joke where I think Lawrence Kazza himself wants to answer the question of did Han really shoot first? And um, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to give it away. Let's just say I was like, going, ah, that was clever. There there is also one of the most obscure Star Wars references. Um, It's 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 a character makes a reference to something in the Star Wars mythos that isn't necessarily from a movie or a book. And I want to put this out right now: if someone listening to this podcast. Um, can catch that reference, send me an, e- send an email to geekcountergeek at gmail.com. Tell me what that reference was. A character reference is something that is not from a movie or book. If you can tell me what that reference was, where it came from, I will send you a Star Wars prize from my personal collection.
1: Wow, really going out on a a limb there. Now, so one thing that just popped into my head, uh, do they actually tell you what the planets are and everything uh, the way they did in Rogue One?
0: uh no no oh this was that was kind of clever too because um one this one actually has more of the john williams score john they they use some of the the actual john williams score from previous films Mm -hmm. as well as and john williams wrote a theme for han he wrote an original piece of music, a themes a theme score, uh, a theme song—not a song, but you know, a piece of theme music for the Han Solo character. So, um, um, and then there's no opening crawl, but they use you know, the, in the very beginning, the that blue lettering that says um, "A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away." Yeah. That, that actually appears a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away appears and then some other bits in that same font. So it, it was consistent. So it felt like Star Wars, but it wasn't mimicking the, the, the Skywalker saga, the, 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 the crawl from those films.
1: Yeah, that, that's what they did in, uh, in Rogue One. They had that uh, you know a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and then it sort of like branched off into its own thing.
0: Yeah, and it had some other, but it had a different font for some of the things. Yeah. Right. And no, they didn't, they didn't do anything with, um, like, showing what planet things occurred on, nothing like that, which I still don't understand why, when they went to Mustafar, they never showed a title card for that.
1: Yeah, like, showed title cards for everything else, but not that. So I don't, I don't get it. Because I thought, I thought the whole idea was, you know, that the, that, that was, you know, some, you know, little small thing to try to make it accessible to, to people who, you know, don't don't know Star Wars that well. And, uh, you know, that would have been the one thing to point out to people.
0: Yeah. And, and speaking of um, for folks who don't know Star Wars really well, this is a good movie to introduce people to Star Wars with. I mean, you can take someone who has never seen a Star Wars movie before and say hey let's go see this one you do not need to know all the in jokes and stuff um, or uh, you don't need to know all that backstory all the that continuity all those bits because this is okay this movie is truly a prequel and 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 I don't want to say too much more except to say that there's something that occurs in solo that bridges the prequels to A New Hope, so the, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. So I think when, I, there's a uh, a surprise character shows up that I was not expecting.
1: Do so, we? Uh, huh. Is this gonna? Is this? Um, uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name. The guy who says, you know, we're wanted. Uh, you know, we have the death sentence and twelve systems does he show up and literally that's going to be like the new star wars stan lee thing where that guy will just keep showing up
0: <laughs> uh, no he doesn't show up although he might show up in the next one uh, uh, this one yeah. it's it is they do set it up for um another they do set up for a sequel i think the word is they want to do a han solo trilogy
1: yeah that's what uh, um uh you know Unnamed uh, actor who plays Han Solo, uh, he had actually sort of (laughs) let that slip that he was under contract for three movies.
0: Well, was it three or five? He he did say it was it was for multiple film. Oh no, I'm I'm confusing it with um I'm confusing it with um Chad Bozeman who's contracted to play Black Panther
1: for like five more movies. He's under contract to play him for five uh, movies, and he's already dead.
0: Yeah, I know. Wow talk about a talk about a talk about scoring a a decent paycheck for no work. You know?
1: So well, so I they think gotta uh, they got to pay me. Yeah, I, I've I've mentioned on this podcast a few times that uh, you know my my one worry with uh, with uh, solo was that it was going to turn out to be a story that would have worked really well in the Star Wars universe. Uh, it just was would turn out to be kind of disappointing as like the Han Solo origin story, so in other words, if you had made it like a new character, everybody would have thought it was great, but because it was the Han Solo origin story, everybody would would have been kind of underwhelmed by it uh uh no no sense of that uh to you watching it
0: No because I think it it only works as a Han solo story because um the, the, uh, another thing that this movie kind of well uh, Kazdan really knows that if you're going to go along with uh, with Han Solo as a hero you kind of have to you know you have to like him and see past his gruff exterior mind you this is a very young Han Solo who tries very hard to act like he's you know the tough guy who doesn't care but um, he's almost a heart on his sleeve kind of guy because mm-hmm. he is constantly making decisions the way I look at it, Han Solo in Solo, a Star Wars story, doesn't act so much like Han Solo as he does a less whiny Luke Skywalker. Wow. Because he's he's always pretty much doing the right thing, you know? Um, he's always trying to do the right thing, unlike later on, where you can see he's always like, screw that. I don't well, want to have
1: anything yeah, to do with you that, know, uh, you know? In, the, in the later movies, Han Solo does actually um, always – end up doing the right thing he's just uh, he just tries not to Exactly.
0: And um, this movie um, also spends time establishing the relationship between Han and Chewie, Han and Chewbacca. And they, they, it's funny, they have a lot of great moments together. There's some scenes in in the movie where it's like, ah, okay, I get that. And you really um, come to like them, you know, working together. Because again, if, if, if Han and Chewie don't work, the movie doesn't work.
1: Now, do they already know each other going into into the story or do we actually like is this like the origin story of of them meeting as well? Because I know obviously Han and Lando meet each other for the first time. But when we when we first see them, do they already know each other?
0: no this is this is this is this is is a movie full of firsts it's when han meets Shui for the first time when he meets lando for the first time when we see the millennium falcon for the first time it's all everything firsts all the firsts which is fine i mean it's kind of like you expect it and i was that's why i'm also i said you know it's nothing really you know groundbreaking and new but if you're not someone who's read all the han solo books and you know and and all the comics and all those things you know uh, most folks you know i would say a good number of star wars fans they've just seen the movies which is fine you know Um, i think the movies themselves have to be able to stand on their own um but you know with this movie itself has to establish all that for the folks who haven't read the books And, and i think it does a good job of that
1: so uh, I know uh, Donald Glover is getting uh, rave reviews for, uh, you know, his portrayal of uh, young Lando Calrissian. And, uh, you know, people are already saying, you know, he he should get his own uh, standalone movie. Um, do you think that's the next one in the pipeline or is there uh, still hope for my uh, Dexter Jester uh, uh, prequel movie? <laughs>
0: Well, from what I understand, I mean, they haven't quite confirmed it yet, but yeah, Lando would be fun. I don't know if it'd be so much maybe having Donald Glover do a movie, but, you know, Jon Favreau is going into production with the live-action television show. Maybe have Donald Glover star in that, you know? And then, of course, there's the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie that is supposed to be coming down the pipeline, um, which they've just said is not so much a Obi-Wan movie, but even yet another lead-in to A New Hope, where it's about Obi-Wan on Tatooine uh, looking over Luke Skywalker, which to me would make sense, because when Obi-Wan and Luke... Uh, meet in A New Hope Luke doesn't act like he's never met Obi-Wan before in his life it's like he talks to him like oh I know him oh I've seen him around so chances are they've met before Um, so uh, you know heck you know uh, maybe Obi-Wan can be on Tatooine helping Dexter Jetser get a job at the most likely Cantina The Proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other
1: great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cabotron.